You ready to smash some meat together until we produce a couple of genuine wrestle boys? Hello. Welcome to Genuine Bubbly Boys, a podcast of four friends, made better friends, who love professional bubbling. You never left. You were here last week. You no, I wasn't. Speak. You, you are liars. My, what? My poor dog had to have some mouth surgery, get a tooth removed. You only should have been there instead of being here and being uh, silent. Did you see what you wrote down? And then there my was... notepad's gone. There was complications with that because she opens her mouth too much and a, a couple stitches kind of fell out. But here's some... that's a real convenient story. You were yeah. saying this here is some things you said last time. No, it wasn't. Barry, I, it's one thing to call me Look. and Derek a liar, but to call Matt a liar. True. Well, I will call Matt a liar because he said that Carmella lied. is good in the ring. I, you no. said it. Well, you kind of agreed with me you yes, said last week. Baron Corbin is good. You hate the Young Bucks. You think Kenny Omega is uh, overrated. Um, you love the Iconics. You never liked Okada, and uh, you think Elias has a good gimmick. Yeah. One thing is true. Elias does have a good gimmick. <laughs> if he would not wrestle and just be the gimmick, then that'd be fine. That's cool. I think I've actually even said that before. Everything's fine up until he has to get <laughs> the ring and do what he's paid for. Um, yeah, this is Genuine Wrestle Boys, not wait, Bubbly wait. Boys. I, we missed... didn't, I didn't get to introduce myself. And I know. Eastside is back. I wasn't here before. I wanted to introduce myself as the Prince of Capri on Fruit Punch, Matt. Cool. Well, allow me to introduce myself. That's who you are. The Prince of Capri Sun Fruit Punch, Punch. Matt. 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 Of the Caldwell Stones. Of the, the Church of Matter Day Saints. <laughs> that was good. Was that a Matt Hardy version one thing? It should have been. It should have been. Oh, I tweeted about you this week, Matt. You're not on Twitter uh, because of your... I listened to our episode because I was at a podcast to listen to and I needed something to fill the space in my head so I'm not alone with my thoughts. And um, <laughs> I did the same thing. The part where you were trying to explain all the kings just <laughs> made me bust up again. And I was like, Matt is my favorite podcaster in I, the world. I thought of more kings after we got done uh, recording. Old, but, I for, but I forgot Old him. King Clancy? Uh, king, I know what that is. Tom? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you bring that energy onto my this podcast? My dad's favorite author, Tom. No, it's an old King Clancy with the uh, was it the Iron Snowshoe? Yeah, that oh, wasn't yeah. one of the kings I remembered, but I like knowing about that it. That is a uh, How I Met Your Mother uh, sex act joke. Oh, a Canadian sex act joke mm-hmm. that was in one episode, and Zach got that reference I that I made. How is it possible that we haven't even started and we're off the rails? Because, you know, because that's the energy. We it's a runaway in. train. Because it is a runaway train. We're talking here, about Kurt uh, Angle later, so. That's true. Here's some inside baseball for everybody. We were off the rails before we even hit record. Yeah. We were talking about JBX Grill. Yeah. Yeah, RIP. Um, I went into one twice, and yeah. I left both times without eating. <laughs> the one in Nampa by the real theater? Yes. Yeah, I think that was like the only one. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I used to go into the one that is now at Chipotle quite a bit. Yeah, the Milwaukee one? Mm-hmm. Whoa. It really did walk so Chipotle could run. Yes. At least at that one specific location. Yeah. The one others. The one that's by my house now, you can tell, used to be one because there's a fireplace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can always tell by the fireplace, uh, listeners. That's a little tidbit for you. There's a fireplace in a restaurant. It used to be a JBX Grill. <laughs> Any restaurant. Chandler's JBX Grill. <laughs> yep. It was a big one. Childish Gambino, one time, um, wrapped at a JBX Grill. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, my my grandma's <laughs> living room right. technically used to be a JBX grill. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> my my parents, yes. Yeah, yeah that one's true. <laughs> no, JBX never had long burgers. <laughs> I still love the long which is burger. why they didn't which is why they didn't uh, persevere. Yeah. Well, yours was a one off because you know they had like regional things, and that one wasn't owned by the company that was a franchise, mm-hmm. so they can kind of do their own thing. They just mm-hmm. made it yeah. for you because it was your birthday. I'm Zach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Derek. Let's get this shit started. Um, arr, arr, arr. We're uh, you're listening to us on the Eavesdrop Podcast Network. Check out the other shows like Full Matter. Full Metal Brewer, where people... Full Metal Brewer. Full Metal Brewer. Full Marble Mouth. Where people uh, get drunk and talk about metal, I think. Well, they, they listen to metal. They uh, they review beers. And they're putting on a local yeah. uh, Boise benefit show for the uh, uh, for some good causes. Yeah. Um, check out Proceeds go to the Boise Rescue Mission. That's what it is. Yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday, September 24th? 5th? Yes. 20, yeah, 20-something. 20 Wednesday in September. The Knitting Factory. Five Bones. 6.30. Yeah. Two rock, two metal, two punk bands. Yeah. Go there and Green support. Day. Green Day's playing. They're, they're considered all of them if you ask an old person. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, go support shit if you like music. Um, there's Roasted Games. Be on the lookout for The Weeb and the Russell Boy, a podcast with me and Dr. Blurk about anime. <laughs> nice. um, that's, 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 buy a shirt. <clears throat> Um, bit.ly forward slash Russell Boys merch. Yeah. Be on the lookout for me secretly recording Brady's rants called The Heater with Eastside. <laughs> nice. Um, and leave us a nice review on uh, bit.ly slash review boys. I would um, love that. Or on your maybe favorite not, podcast. Maybe around. not about this mm-hmm. episode. This one's gonna I have a good feeling this one's gonna turn gonna into one good. of the it's gonna turn into one of the ones that uh that we talk about. The ones the ones that will be well you know, remembered for. One fourteen, mm-hmm. the the staple, the staple of the podcasting industry. Yeah. yeah. You know what they say? The podcast before a clash of champions is is the one. Is the one. Yeah. So I'm just letting you guys know that my phone let me know that there's a new episode of Master Chef out. So that's nice. There's a look into my life. Shout out. Shout out. I mean, I around this time of year I Google like once every few weeks when is Top Chef coming back. So I get it. I feel it. Um let's tell me what happened this week. I read about it. In wrestling? Like, mm. like what do you mean? What do you mean? Like in general? Ke- like Kevin Owens got fired or in my, in my life? In wrestling, I'll in, talk about your life in private. Okay, no, let's talk about it on on the cast. Nah, no, well, it wasn't it wasn't spectacular. There's nothing really to talk about. I didn't, nothing really fucking happened. If that's what you want to hear, <laughs> okay. But how was your life? Get it? It's a joke about wrestling. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm gonna say I, I love it. I got new jeans. Yeah, it feels fucking good. You look nice. you look dapper. I'm, they're skinny jeans for the first time in my life. They feel good. They it looks fit like, me right. It looks like it feels good. Yeah, like Rey Mysterio coming back at the Royal Rumble. It's just skinny jeans all of a sudden. <laughs> I'll say what looks like it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that too. That um, work both. But yeah, let's let's recap this week uh, a little bit. Stoneish cold. Yes. Yeah. He just he went out there. The, cre- the creamery man himself. I up. love like how he just goes out there and kind of babbles, uh-huh. and everybody just like he's such an enthralling individual. Everybody just like hangs on his every fucking mm-hmm. word. Because he's, he's about, I was walking backstage. What? Oh, I went by the old bathrooms I used to use. What? I love being here, and everyone's just like, yeah. His voice is intoxicating. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Well, also, it's, it, his just mouth has been full of so much beer that now it just comes out with his words. <laughs> so it's literally intoxicating. <laughs> 
Be sure to check out Straight Up Steve Austin. Sell volcanoes on it from Impractical Jokers. He's a funny guy. My next guest is Fluffy. The ratings have been middling. Please watch. I believe it. I want another season. The Rob Riggle one was fun. It's turning into Braun Strowman. <laughs> oh, man. Just an episode with Sad Steve boy and Steve Braun. Austin. Oh, my God. Steve and Braun shooting guns. You know... It was a good episode with Sal, but sometimes I feel the joke's on me. (laughs) I feel like lukewarm Steve Austin. Um, Room temperature, Steve. He came out. um, Eventually, AJ came out, and they said the word asshole on TV. So edgy. It was edgy. Yeah. You can just tell that like they didn't like they didn't script anybody in this one because this one like felt a lot more off the cuff. Like because Austin's gonna be in it. No writers handing him shit. Yeah. Unless they're gonna get themselves dropped on that stack of dimes they call a neck. So like they go out there and him and Braun have a weird exchange which I thought was funny. Yeah. And then like Seth comes out like hey, I'm the best in the world. <laughs> everybody's like ah. And then it is weird to see Braun Strowman be like the monster among men who is also like a little kid Steve Austin mark. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, no. I didn't love that. And like, I'm like keep it kayfabe. Made him a little bit of a geek, like Steve not shaking his hand back and stuff. And like, okay, like, <laughs> come, like, just, Braun shouldn't care. Like, the character of Braun Strowman shouldn't care about Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> AJ sold that fucking stunner. Fuck yeah, he really did. The Rock even even tweeted about it. Hell yeah. I love The Rock tweeting about wrestling mm. because, like, you know he doesn't, like, really tweet for himself too much. But, like, the ones he does, you can tell he tweets kind of like um, an old person trying to be young. So, like, every, like, little emoji that comes up as the next thing on his phone, he just presses. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like a party hat. Thanks so much, like, dog. <laughs> Picture of a dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so it was, it's like, like that little scissor you did at the end. It's like scissors and stuff <laughs> like that. But it, I, I like that he's still engaged. Like when he called Ken Shamrock like a bad motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we did great. Bri- thanks for the house, brother. We did great business. Hell yeah. WrestleMania 14. Great match. I fucking, at that time, this is just a little sidebar. I thought Ken Shamrock was the fucking best. Cause that's when he was. "Quote unquote snapping." Mm. Also, he was doing just, his weird high pitched scream. Just so, ah! just so fucking roided out of his mind. He looked like he was going to explode. Mm. Anyway, um, I thought the exchange was really cool. I liked. You can tell, like I said, like AJ wasn't really going on a script. Stone Cold doesn't. Maybe do you're it. the asshole, man. <laughs> and like, I'm not the freaking asshole. He gets che- freaking turd. He gets cheered like when he comes out because everybody loves AJ. But he can get the crowd to turn on him because he's. Kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. And then Stone Cold, like the way he was looking before AJ turned around, it was magic. Stone Cold has that fucking timing, his facials, everything. It, it, it's like he was the biggest wrestling star yeah. ever. And yeah. then like to, he bookended the episode of Raw at MSG. We will get back. We'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to mm-hmm. that. There were, beers were spilled. So that led right into Cedric versus AJ. Which was which great. I thought was a great match. It was awesome. And then it, it's cool because it sets up like AJ not to necessarily look like a geek when this like young up-and-comer comes in. Because he just got dropped on that sack of dimes called mm. the neck. He's still selling the, sun, the stunner through the whole match. Yeah. And so it was cool. And then it also makes Cedric look good because he's like showing he's not stupid. He's going to press. He's pressing. He's pressing. Mm-hmm. He's still selling his injuries that AJ gave him. 
it's just really cool selling. And then the club coming to beat him down. Even more heel heat on them. Oh, it's like, great. And then out of fucking nowhere, RKO. RKO. <laughs> no. Eric and Ivar, the Viking experience Raiders war machine. <laughs> Who have <laughs> beef with the OC. So, like, it's a nice way to, like, you can tell someone's paying attention to the continuity, to the, <laughs> the continuity and multiple storylines at once. Like, this is how... When things were their best, like we'll get to it too. You know, well, you saw like in on the writing for on Raw and SmackDown, it's always been like multiple stories play off of each other and stuff, like and intertwine and all that, and that's what they're doing. It wasn't it wasn't just a totally random baby face tag team coming to save. It was someone who also had beef with Dosi. Yeah, it's it's cool to see stuff like that actually happening now. Uh, instead of like it just felt like for a while it would have just been like fucking ra- like the fucking uh he slater and rhino like before mm. a couple years ago they would have ran out for no reason this yeah. instead of some shitty match that wouldn't have any bearing on anything instead they're like oh let's progress this storyline and this storyline and then the the championship storyline we're gonna progress everything oh what a fucking novel idea but it led to so, well, well the, my other favorite part of Raw was the women's tag team match with the four horsewomen. That was mm-hmm. awesome. That match was really cool. Hell yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it Ronda l- Rousey wasn't back. Not the other, I went the other one. Jessamine Duke was one. not on Raw. I meant the oh, other. Oh, thank God. I meant the other horse team. <laughs> oh, the well, other horse the team. The other horse team. The other 4-H club. I thought that's what I, I thought that's what you guys knew I was talking about. I knew, Matt. No, we didn't. Be specific. I knew, Matt. No, he didn't. He was talking about Marina Schaeffer to me all day. <laughs> yep, that's yeah. what I do. He's as, like, I love the supernova from as, Moldova. As per usual. <laughs> uh, but no, the, it was awesome. I really hope that that becomes a bigger deal at a bigger pay-per-view than the go-home uh, before Clash of Champions. Well, I mean, it makes sense because they're fighting each other, though. Mm, yeah, for sure. This, this is just like the first step in what hopefully is a fairly long storyline. About fucking all time. Guys. About fucking mm-hmm. time we finally get all four of them, like, firing on all cylinders. It's insane that it took this long. Yeah. It's been three years since Bailey got called up, and she was the last one. Jesus. And still, we haven't had any of the, like, half of the programs we should have. We have, we've had, like, Becky and Charlotte, or we've, we've had, had Sasha and Charlotte. We've had all three of them, the other three and, and Charlotte. Yeah. Now we get, like, a mix. And so it's cool. And Charlotte's good. Yeah. I mean, so it's I'm, I'm excited to see where that is going to progress to, mm. especially as we come to a more hard brand split. Yeah, uh, King of the Ring stuff. What happened uh, on Baron Rock? Corbin's moving on, baby. Oh. Ricochet mm-hmm. and Samoa he Joe. He did, and like so, obviously Baron Baron is Baron. I I do think he has been doing. He's looked the best he ever has on the main roster during this tournament. He really it's, has. Good for it's him. partially because of who it's largely because of who's in the ring with, but there's been times in his career when it didn't matter who he was in the ring with, it was still not great. And I think he's held his own, you know, like that short little vegan guy that I don't want to name cuz he's an asshole. Yeah. Daniel, Daniel Bryan? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I know who you're talking about. Mouth it to me. Austin Aries. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so like, you know, it's uh, like obviously like Baron is still Baron, but I do think he's getting better. He was getting cheered at Madison Square Garden. Him versus yeah. Cedric was the best match he's ever had in mm-hmm. his life. Yeah, and then this match was his part in it was solid. It was a solid match. Yeah, 
I, and I, I still think it was, I was fine with him going over because he went over in a sneaky way. Like it was still Ricochet's finisher that won the match, you know? Yeah, he was Man, just an opportunistic. Killed Samoa Joe with that too. Mm-hmm. He landed on him. Square. Oh, yeah. his butt landed right on his, right on Samoa Joe's chest. Mm-hmm. Um, they protected Ricochet because Ricochet is one of Heyman's guys that is getting a slow burn push. The other one of that is obviously Cedric Alexander, mm-hmm. as everybody can tell. And what's really wild about these guys getting kind of more of a sustained slower burn push is that like fans are like getting behind them, like when the one like when. After the weird ricochet noise, mm-hmm. the bing, yeah. um, people chant the one and only now. And like at Madison Square Garden, it was the loudest it's been. Yeah. People are getting Same. behind these guys because they're winning. They're le- He's letting them just do their cool shit and like not like bury them. Like, because both of them aren't the best on the mic. So they're not doing these fucking like 10, 15 minute promos that aren't going to do shit for them. Mm-hmm. And then wonder why they don't get over when they go 50 50. It's like you kind of put this sustained push on them. Highlight their fucking strengths, and then look, people like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and we'll get to the other side of the bracket um, eventually. But I think if Corbin is the one to, I think Corbin is the one to lose in the finals of anyone that because, um, you know, we'll get to it later. But Chad Gable is going to be in the finals against him. I think this the reason get- as to why the main event happened on SmackDown might be the reason as to why Baron Corbin won. Because I feel like, um, we'll just say, like Elias got injured and couldn't like, work. for real? Legit, mm. he's injured. Damn, and I really wanted Elias versus Corbin. It would have been. All, didn't we all? I, I'm I'm guessing it would have been, because I'm guessing got checked at TV on Monday. Like, dude, you can't fucking do this. We got to we gotta do something else. So they probably reset. Instead of probably doing like what I thought was going to be Ricochet versus Elias, they probably had to reset. Like, well, we need a heel and a baby face mm. about Corbin versus fucking Chad. Yeah, and if... Chad wins, you know, if they're doing all going all the way with this underdog story, like Corbin is the person who's gonna like be cheered the least because if like Samoa, if you beat Samoa Joe, for instance, like on heel side, people would be disappointed in Samoa Joe losing. Yeah. Um, even though they'd be excited for the upset of Gable winning, like people will be more excited. Even people who appreciate Corbin will be more excited at Gable beating him. Yeah. Yeah, I be- I mean I believe that. I think it makes sense. And like I said, I think Corbin's been putting in the work. I think he's had this opportunity in this uh King of the Ring tournament and he's proven that he can be a pretty entertaining mm-hmm. guy. I do so, not care for his new top. That new uh I mean it's like a, a weird skinny workout like tank. I don't no, know. Not for back me. your business casual vest. That's the one I liked, but mm-hmm. I get it. Progression, we all have to move on sometimes. Yeah. I like that he's wearing a tank top because it makes his shoulders look big. What I'm saying is the specific tank top he's chosen is bothering me, not the fact that it's a tank. Well, I'm just saying I I like it because it makes him makes his shoulders look big, makes him look a little bit more menacing. It's a bad tank. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, also like the sadist in me kind of just wants King Corbin be and because it'll be so fucking goofy and bad for a because, week though I mean, be, exactly i want the same thing but it'll only be funny for a week and oh you mean like a little bit of the bubbly <laughs> that thing's fucking already over i listened mm. to jericho talk for like two hours <laughs> so about the I. history of a catchphrase <laughs> the anatomy of a catchphrase yeah. i love i'm so over it already <laughs> same i was little... so i was so into it a week ago i named I, a podcast episode but I, after i it. knew it would happen oh yeah same i yeah. mean um, I just like to ride that wave while the, you know the riding's good. A, a little tangent. 
I love how serious Jericho is about how up his own ass he is, but he just doesn't seem to realize that he's up his own ass. Yeah, like he justifies it. He's just like, yeah, like I did this and like I did and this. Once again, I'm the most talked about professional but wrestler he's like, in, on the, on the He's world. not coming off as like a cocky asshole. He's just coming off as he's just stating facts. He's got the history to back it up. Yeah. yeah. But he's just like, I don't know. His The last podcast he did is very entertaining because listening to one person talk to themselves is very fun. About, about, all, their themselves. Own, about the, yes. all their old catchphrases. <laughs> anyway, SmackDown. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm oh, no. sorry. We all kind of Well, did. let's get to the main event. Baron Corbin would be an entertaining king for a week. Mm. I mean, but maybe he could draw it out longer. Like, okay, yeah. When he was the manager of Raw, it was funny for he, a Excuse week. me. He was the constable. The constable, sorry. <laughs> uh, you made the same mistake Corey Graves did Well, on commentary this Corey week. And Corey Graves and I have a lot in common? Yikes. Nope, we don't. <laughs> um, they do. They, they do. T- tattoos? Uh, pompadours. Yeah, he got one. Yeah, you have one right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. Um, your love for I don't know Carmella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I only love man. Oh, yikes! <laughs> she did not want to give that promo this week. I know we didn't want her to give it. She, nobody did. It was what, not good. What happened? Uh, oh. she, she gave called- a uh, I'm hot. Nikki Cross's ugly oh, promo before man. match, and you could see it on her face that she didn't want to be giving it. Like, it's, it's mm-hmm. cool that she didn't want to. Yeah, she but it was like, just like know, it was badly written, and you could just see it on her face. Like, this is so bad. Because you know who cheers those? You know, like as the people who are like, "Yeah, you're hot." Ugh, Otis, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Corey but Graves. He's even in character when he does it to yeah. Otis, not Corey Graves. Yeah, Otis. it seems like from what I've gathered that. They're like kind of friends, so all right. Yeah, <laughs> Otis. Um, before we get to SmackDown Live, the main event of Raw was really cool. It was a ten man tag, mm-hmm. but it did such a good job with it. And guess who fucking went over in a main event at Madison Square Fucking Garden? Cedric, Cedric Alexander. Yeah, that was yeah. Pretty, that it's was really great. cool. We're recording this on um, September twelfth, and. Five Dollar Wrestling is having a live event today, which I'm going to check out, which is Joey Janela versus Jeff Hart. Sick. Awesome. Which, if you've ever watched Five Dollar Wrestling, Jeff Hart, you know, is the real excellence of execution. <laughs> and also, Joey Janela is just wild. But Cedric Alexander, I remember watching him as the referee for Five Dollar Wrestling because he used to work for High Spots. Oh, oh really? Sick. And so for him to now be main eventing Madison Square Garden... Is the fucking best. And he goes over AJ Styles, sets up a match for the US title, and then fucking Old Stone Cold comes out, has a beer bash with uh, Braun, Seth, Cedric, and then the Viking Raiders, uh, which is cool because it like sets all of them up as like straight edge. Your fucking Mm. like main event guys. And now the straight edge boy, Eric, poured it just on his body. Which I would do too. I mean, I drink, but as a straight edge dude, like that's fucking disgusting. (laughs) Like when I used to be straight edge, I could not imagine doing that. If it was Stone Cold, though, I mean, at the time I wouldn't have given a shit. But now, like, if I was still nailed, I would, I would do it. Take this broken skull IPA and pour it all over your body. The thing is, he he probably didn't know. And Eric is uh, Ray Bro. Is a he respects the business mm-hmm. and he knows like this is a big deal 
Don't look like a fucking goon. And he just did exactly what you should. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, celebrate. Don't look like the goon. Don't put on a hockey jersey. Yeah. And I like that movie. Don't look like Stifler. A different goon, but mm-hmm. same premise. Well, there used to be a wrestler in the early 90s called the goon. Oh, yeah, because it's a wrestling, I mean, a hockey term. But um, he, it was really cool because it was, it was funny seeing him like, he like bashed it super hard to make sure it spilled everywhere mm-hmm. and just spilled it all over. And then he gets handed another one and he could, like, he was kind of in the like, corner guys. by himself for a second looking for somebody to like hit it with <laughs> so he could like pour it out. Uh-huh. And finally, like, er, er, Ivar or Hanson or whatever you want to call him walked over and he's like, Phew. yeah. And Seth's like, I'm going to pour it all over my body, bro. You should see it all down my abs. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Becky, head. look at this. I got beer on my abs. <laughs> Becky, I'm gonna be sticky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticky too, man. <laughs> I pour something else down my stomach. Uh, yeah, you can call me Mac because I got just stomach. <laughs> <laughs> that was off podcast talk. That was off podcast. Talk I thought it was on podcast talk. I don't talk about where that shit lands on the fucking <laughs> on on podcast. I keep that. I keep no, something that close to the best. Definitely on podcast. That was definitely on podcast. It certainly <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> But it was just really cool. It was a great ending. Made those guys look like stars mm-hmm. because you're in there with Old Stone Cold and he's putting them over. They're having a beer bash. It was great. Yeah. On to SmackDown Live. It was it was fun. And it started off with Taker being normal guy. Normal guy Taker. Being Mark. Being Mark. Yeah. Being big Mark. Standing for the flag. Yeah. Uh, I like Madison Square Garden. I had lots of souls in this building. I miss my friends. Um, <laughs> it was like a weird half in character, half yeah. out of character promo. Yeah, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, it definitely made it feel special. Uh, as far as SmackDown goes, there was like a few things that were really cool. Um, this, the thing with Undertaker, even though like it's always cool to see Undertaker, like do his entrance and stuff. It was also super disappointing because, like, it's just expecting more out of it. Especially, we skipped over this, but there's a Firefly Funhouse mm-hmm. on, on Raw where Abby the Witch, I think it was Abby the Witches, who doesn't matter, clock was stuck at 316 because Stone Cold was there. And that's, they're all talking about Stranger Danger. It's so sick. Um, and then Bray Wyatt fixed the clock with a hammer and it changed to 1119, which is the date that. The Undertaker debuted in 1990 mm-hmm. and then doing all this advertisement that Undertaker is going to be at SmackDown. Well, and didn't he end it by saying, see you in hell? Yeah, mm-hmm. he did. He did. And what I thought was really cool when like, because there's the rumors like the fiend might interact with Stone Cold. And he's like, that's just old Steve. Once a rattlesnake, always a rattlesnake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, it's almost like a. It's almost like what William Regal does, where he's like, "I'm a bad guy, so I recognize this." So, like, yeah, we're on the same level here. I also, I love, I just love the idea that that clock got stuck because Stone Cold Steve Austin came around, and mm-hmm. so I like the idea of Stone Cold just like wandering around the fun house. <laughs> I know when I heard that on uh, when I was listening to my recap, I was like, "Wait, was he on it?" He was. He must have been like, "What are these damn gimmicks?" That would be so funny. <laughs> Get just this damn gimmick him. vulture out of here. Him interacting with money, Vince. <laughs> Vince, give me some more goddamn money, but I wonder who else gives money is stamps.com. <laughs> Just feeding Puppet Vince like his shirt, the 316 <laughs> shirt, with money stapled to them. 
so good. But I like that Sami Zayn came out and like he was like, "Hey man, you're a legend. Let us do this now." Well, because Taker mm-hmm. had made reference to like it's time to usher in a new era of stars, and Sami Zayn comes and out. He was like, like, "I don't know how many times the bell's gonna toll for me. <laughs> I'm dying." Been, <laughs> and time, then he yeah. takes down his hood. Guys, I'm dying. <laughs> um, speaking of <laughs> he, speaking of his the hood and Flash's hat, um, did appreciate that during while choke slamming Sammy, his hat started to fall off, and he held it on with the other hand. It was a very small little thing, but he's like, I don't want anyone to see my bald spot. I will say he I didn't was on spray uh, on my black hair. He was on college football live or whatever on Saturday. Mm. He looked great there. Mm-hmm. He does when they need to like have him be biker taker because like he looks look, a lot better. He'll just look like like wears a shirt, get his big ass jacked arms out, mm-hmm. and be like, "Cool, like you just look like a like a jacked old guy that can still kick some ass." Yeah, not like a dead guy who might die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now like the the makeup just looks like is more and more obvious on him every time he comes out. Like. It's just he looks like an old, just an old man wearing a costume mm-hmm. more and more, wearing Baron Corbin's hair as extensions. Uh, my favorite part of SmackDown was when uh the Miz did had a squash match against uh, Andrade. Oh my Almas. God, that was that was frustrating. I get like um needing the Miz to look strong going in to a match against Shinsuke. I, like I get all that, just like you don't need to sacrifice Andrade for that. There are so many people on that roster that like don't get used and aren't currently like having forward momentum. Like Heath Slater, Zack Ryder. Well, Heath Slater's hurt oh. for one. Um, but Shelton Benjamin, like yeah. he's there. Like there's plenty of people that are good enough wrestlers that it's still an impressive win for the Miz. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. That was yeah. yeah that Andrade was barely got any offense off. Uh, yeah, no, that was not my favorite um, part of SmackDown. I did love Shinsuke being on commentary, only speaking in Japanese. That though. was that was cool. fucking Hell great. Yeah. Yeah. They needed like they should have done this years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also like you can tell he like he loves his life right now so much because he's like, it's like I'm a champion here. I'm making a boat of money. I surf. I don't even have to wrestle. I'm wrestling the guy who literally can't do anything. So we're yeah. not going to do anything in this match. Mm-hmm. He, the Miz fucked up so much of like that beginning Lucha stuff. Mm-hmm. He is so bad. Yeah. He's fine. It's, no, he's not. He's fine. It's, it's frustrating because like, so they're like trying to push the Miz he's he's being fine. a baby face, like by making him look stronger in the ring. Cause they can't have him be sneaky and like cheat. But like, he is so much better when he's, being sneaky and cheating like, because then like when he's looking shitty it makes sense yeah like and i don't think you have to have him not cheat and still be a baby face i think because of who the miz is he could his character could basically be i'm gonna do anything to win you know no matter what because this is like my family's livelihood and shit and he would still be a baby face but have him like sneak and like do the eddie guerrero Esque thing where you're still a baby face even though you kind of cheat. Yeah, yeah. but like, isn't that Owens's thing right now? No, Owens thing right now is being fight, a big geek. He only fights mm-hmm. for his family. No, his is being a geek. I mean, there's a lot of people who can do it for their family. Yeah, you like, know, Paige like here, Paige here, mm-hmm. Paige, Paige here. here. 
Yeah. <laughs> so that's just annoying and frustrating because the Miz is a lot better than they're letting him be. You know, like it's just like He's, not in the ring. I'm saying like as a whole, <laughs> as, a, as a whole, as a character, he could be he can be a lot better than what he is right He's now. And, great on the mic. Mm-hmm. Pretty good in the ring too. So I think though that also <laughs> to the big overarching thing through SmackDown was who Chad Gable and not getting a free pass to the finals of the King of the Ring tournament. So fucking Shane McMahon's like me, but he's me. like, I'm going to go get someone. I'll like, I'll find someone to, for you to fight. And everyone knows what's coming. Mm-hmm. I, I loved when the reveal happened though, because so in WWE backstage segments, if someone's not on camera, they don't exist. For sure. Mm-hmm. Nobody has object permanence in WWE. Mm-hmm. Like the moment you're not on camera, you no longer exist. Shane's like, oh, I found, I found who you're going to fight. I'm going to go get him. Literally steps out of frame and comes back in as if he had like left. And it was like a big reveal of him going, it's me. It's like, <laughs> it's he, me, Gable. You literally <laughs> stepped one foot to the side and came back. Like, I, I love that. No, like it makes no fucking sense. It never does. And a lot of times people are like, where is this person? And then they just step right in. Like, yeah, right. Hey, have you seen Ricochet? And then like he walks up like, you looking for me? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, wait, this is an open area and we know it. I've been <laughs> eating in the corner. I said hi when you walked in the room. Mm. Like you, we're in. I a, said hi, in, Trevor. We're in an office and you didn't hear a door open and I'm just here. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor from Paducah. Uh, but so he's like, oh, guess what? Shane McMahon goes up to Kevin Owens and he's like, uh, you're going to be daddy's little ref tonight. And if daddy don't win, I hope he didn't say that. That's exact. Uh, this is word for word. He goes, if daddy don't win, Kevy baby, don't get money. <laughs> Kevy baby, give me a hundred thousand dollars. Cause my poppy said no. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, Kevin Owens was like, all right. And so he puts on this. He's fucking- like, baby be ref now. <laughs> This is a weird dynamic that I think we need to explore. That oh, yeah, Kevin and Shane into into ba- baby play. Yeah. Baby needs money for his family. Baby, baby wants gonna to... count to three. <laughs> baby, baby face now. Yeah. Uh, and then baby put on his cute little shirt, and then uh, became a big fucking geek. I'm so mad. It's not Kevin's fault. I, got, I love Kevin Owens. I, so the writing made him look like such a fucking right, nerd. right. So I got excited at first because it was this whole like inner turmoil thing of like, fuck, I don't want to like help Shane win. That's stupid, but I don't want to also owe him a hundred thousand dollars. So sorry, Jelly Bean, Jelly Bean coming at so, me. So on this Jelly Bean thing, there's a big old thing of Jelly Beans. Yeah, in, we've been munching um, on them. You probably Costco. I ate one that just tastes like a tortilla. Really? Hell yeah. I saw one of them is now champagne flavor. I also got a black licorice one that I didn't Ooh. see, and it fucked up the whole energy of the show. There was a cream soda one. That was nice. Oh, That's yeah. Nice. I had one of those. Too. That is nice. It's my favorite uh, kind of soda, man. So like, But there's this inner turmoil going on. Then the match starts. Gable hits a like chaos chaos suplex on... The chaos theory. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the chaos theory. He hit the uh, theory on... The theory thing that Isai the said. Yeah, the kiss theory. And uh, he hit it on Shane McMahon. And then Kevin Owens just hit the fast three. And I was like, fuck yeah. He just was like, fuck you, Shane. You're out. Um, I I do. I really appreciated uh, Shane trying to paralyze himself with how much he jumped into that German suplex. <laughs> it looked good. He it, wanted to die. Yeah, because he, he landed square on his head. That the guy that was in the Olympics for Greco-Roman wrestling. Can get him up. Can get him up. Shane. Gets like, me up, man. <laughs> Uh oh, Chad kid gets me up, man. 
Um, so why did Kevin Willing and Gable, man? Yeah, we will. It seems like he just did the right thing, like a good boy. Um, so, so we she... did a fast count for some reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. So well, I was like, oh, he's going to fuck over Shane. That's funny. And then... Yeah, it's like, yeah, get him. But then you look and you're like, oh, there's 12 minutes left of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Oh. So Shane is like, nah, 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 man. It's, uh... He's like, two out of so three falls now. fucking sweaty. <laughs> it's two out of three falls now. Two out of three falls now. Guess what? Not Chuck Gable. Get back in the ring, and Kevin. Shane, Cal- why are you purple? You kind of get tight because I'm talking at the same time. Shane, why are you I'm purple? Because I'm on TV and talking at the same time, and it's too much for me. Get back just, in there. We're doing Shane, it. your kids are going to die. I just think about potato we're face. We're doing a two out of three now. So we then they do a two out of three falls, and then for some reason, and Shane just makes a two out of three falls match, doesn't say anything to Kevin about, like, Dude, what the fuck? You fast kind of me, you asshole. If you do this again, you're fired. So they just kind of go into it. Like now, Kevin won't count Shane out. Yeah. So mm. now Kevin is the biggest Shane McMahon advocate in the ring, mm. and it does not make sense. And no. uh, I, I mean, I did appreciate it. he was trying to sell it like in moments with Gable, like like dude, shrugging shoulders, like man, I don't like. So he's trying to sell that for his character and stuff, but it's still like not set up well at all. And yeah, and but. It was fun because at one point Shane McMahon goes to grab a chair and then fucking comes into the ring and Kevin Owens is like, dude, like everyone sees you with the chair. I see you with the chair. You're not. Don't do that. And so Shane McMahon's like, all right, you're right. You're right. When you're right, you're right. Throw the chair away. Goes to fucking. (laughs) Yeah. When you hear your family goes to hit Chad Gable in the scrotum uh, and then Gable catches him, hits him in the fucking ankle lock. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shane taps out, and like Kevin, and then the timekeeper just rings the bell, mm-hmm. and then just Kevin's just like, "Well, fucking, what, you tap the fuck out. I don't know what to do." And, and then, also that timekeeper going to business for himself. Thing Mark is, is that Mark Eaton? Yeah, never happened in the history of WWE. Well, no, that Montreal one time. Job. <laughs> um, the other time was remember Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. yeah, third time. Yeah, so like, like. Because Kevin never signals to the like to the ring, timekeeper ring to the ring the bell. the bell, so it's like he's just geeked out in so many ways. That sucks. Then Shane That's says, just... "You're fine. You're fine. I don't know if you fucking heard me. You're fine." Yeah, he like redid it because he he kind of mumbled, he mumbled it so fucking bad the first he was time. So fucking so out of he breath. He fires mm-hmm. him and instead of like Kevin getting up and just fucking giving him a stunner and saying, "Well, fuck you," then. He just like laid there like, oh no, I'm fired. And then if you look he close, he peed his pants. And then the crowd started chanting AEW, so then they went off the air real quick. Mm-hmm. Very quick. Then Kevin and tweeted Kevin a series of numbers. Fired. Well, yeah, but it's like, <laughs> like it's such a dumb angle because with people who know Kevin Steen know his best friends in wrestling are the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you would never fire Kevin Steen because he would just go over there and they would they might pay him better than WWE is. Uh, I don't know about that. He's, he's, he's on he's a pretty up. good deal. He yeah. also just signed a five-year deal a year ago. Yeah. So like, Yeah, well, with plus travel. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, but there is that fun thing that up this upcoming week, we do have NXT taken to live TV. Mm-hmm. You could, mm-hmm. like, maybe throw Kevin Owens in there. For well, a while. he also tweeted a thing. 
That was three numbers, and I don't remember which numbers they are exactly, but they do uh, correspond to... I remember exactly what it was, and it was a four, a two, and a zero. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah I, also, it was yeah, um, yeah, fucking bullshit. something 24, and then I don't know. 14, 24, 20, which is NXT if you count out the letters. He so. also posted a picture oh, really? of, his, mm-hmm. of his daughter with um, one of her friends, and that friend was Champa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so would not be surprised at all if uh, if Kevin makes a little surprise show down there. Also, wouldn't be surprised if they totally drop this angle and he's just on TV next week like he did last time he quit. So I thought about that too, Derek, but I don't think Kevin Owens would make any sense in the Undisputed Era right now. Him and Adam Cole have a like a huge amount of history that attacked him in PWG. Oh, Cole I know, Steve but Cole. I just went with the whole story going on now of like, them well, trying to get the gold. They're about to be, get draped Maybe in gold. he's the gold. reason why Roderick Strong wins next week. Or loses. Yeah, you know wins. what? Because I don't, I don't want him to join right away. I, want him, I would rather them feud. Because he's a baby face right now. Exactly. That would be the biggest baby face pop because you know, True. Gotta, gotta know the crowd you're dealing with. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't even I don't think I want him to get involved in that match, but I'd like him to, you know, then show up and get into something with them after that match. After Roderick wins. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, who knows? Um mm-hmm. then two hundred and five pounds live was cool. I didn't like it sucks because the crowd like some drunk guy has had a baby. Like it's holding a baby in the crowd, what? so people were like chaining for the baby. Yeah, but I really liked the opening match because it was Kushida and Jack Gallagher versus Akira Tozawa and Brian Kendrick, and so um, Brian Kendrick and Kushida probably wrestled before in New Japan, but since um, Akira Tozawa was in Dragon Gate for most of his career in Japan, like they never locked up, so it was really cool to see that um, Kushida got a nice little pop on his entrance and a little bit of a chant in the garden. So mm. I thought that was That was really cool. Awesome. Cool. And also, Dio Madden, the former Brennan Williams from NXT, he hasn't really been on TV ever, was on commentary because Nigel's moving full-time, obviously, to NXT Weeklies. Um, awesome. He did very good. So who is he? Like, who was he? He was an NFL player that has, oh. is also a giant weeb. Sick. And he, yeah, trained as a wrestler, trained by Booker T., in NXT for the last couple of years, but mm. really good on the mic. And his Holy first shit. match ever, I think he said, was against Lindsay Dorado. Yeah. Which who was in the main event. So Lindsay cool. Doritos. <laughs> who called him that? I cannot remember. Probably Jim Ross. No, it was no, uh he's a professional, I'm sorry. Was it Nigel? No, it was fucking uh Gulak. Oh no, yeah. Man. No flies. I love Gulak. Yeah. He's mm. out of his mind. I could have seen Riddle calling him that. Also, too. um Grand Metal League versus Mysterio on Raw. Was sick because they just had a lucha match. Mm-hmm. Sick, just a little bit slower because Ray's older. Yeah, mm-hmm. it and was... and it was a little short. Like those two could have done even more if they had like oh, five yeah. more minutes. But it's funny the guy who tweeted out that he was a free agent in ten months is no longer on TV. But his two buddies in the lucha house party are getting featured in big things. <laughs> Lindsay Dorado's in a cruiserweight title match. Grand Metalik is not only on 205 Live, he's wrestling Rey Mysterio Jr. on fucking Monday Night Raw in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Yeah. That is, If that's not a big fuck you to Kalisto saying you should shut your little mouth, I don't know what is. WWE ain't petty. They wouldn't just push your friends to spite you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, they um, would. Apparently after 205 Live also, they did... The smartest thing ever to get people to stay through 205 Live, they announced The Fiend is going to be in the dark match after 205 Live. And he beat up his own flesh and blood. He beat up his own lizard brother. 
beat up both of the members of the B team, but sick. Yeah. Oh, Lizard Brother. Um, apparently Code Orange was there. They said yeah. they said to watch but didn't do anything. You just saw Jamie's dorky ass face in it. There's like bowing down to Roman Reigns. Also, Roman has like the the big spokesperson is the best. Mm-hmm. I that love really it. Is. Yeah. What they're also I don't give a fuck about the Vintner storyline, so let's just skip over it. Anyways, uh um next. What is next? NXT? What happened on next? It was good. Uh this guy came out of the bus. He was kind of a goofball. She's like, next. Immediately, a different guy came out. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and then said something <laughs> sassy. My name's Tyler, and I love beer. <laughs> Snooki was on that show like pre-Jersey Shore once. Was she really? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. If this girl's not at least an eight, then we're not going to date. <laughs> <laughs> I like the three B. Bros, beers, and beers again. <laughs> And titties. <laughs> oh, oh shit! That's another. That's a T. <laughs> B B B T. I like BLTs. The sandwiches. Bros, <laughs> lettuce, and tomatoes. <laughs> Bacon, lettuce, and titties. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. No, well, it was good. Some. I'll say my, the thing that I took out of that one is Johnny Gargano is NXT, and NXT is for Johnny Gargano. Yep. Uh, he came out and basically was like, oh, Am I, I going to stay? They wouldn't yeah. let him fucking talk. Should I stay or should I go? It was obnoxious, but it was cool for him. Uh, yeah, the crowd just wouldn't stop fucking chanting Johnny Wrestling, uh, which is fine. But then, yeah, he comes out. He's like, oh, big decision. I make decisions. I have a decision. And then guess who comes out? Shane fucking five-star thorn, baby. Man, he is looking real ripped. Mm-hmm. He sure is, though. And uh, he comes out and he's like, Ball. look he- at me look like looking real ripped in these weird jeans. I'm looking for my shirt. I lost, I lost hey, my why shirt. Hey, why don't you get out of here? Why don't you go get out of here? No rules, just right. <laughs> yeah, Jingle Forsters. Uh, I shouldn't do that. Uh, I'm not good at that. But uh, basically, Johnny... Shane Thorne, Australian for wrestler. <laughs> I'm really good. I got tattoos on my chest. <laughs> um, he comes out, and then he's like, get on out of Go on, get. And Johnny Gargano's like, how about no getting? Because I'm going to slap my leg and kick you. My boy, your boy's staying. And then kicked him, and everyone loved it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then he's then he wrote NXT in the air. Ike Bret Hart wrote WCW. Mm-hmm. And then that was did cool. For life. Which that was, was pretty cool. cool. Um, then the NWO music started playing. <laughs> um, I, I had the thought of eventually, whenever Gargano, if, if and when he actually does leave NXT in a million years or whenever they, they do that, I because he was literally about to say whether he was going to stay or leave. I think that a way they can get around him saying that is basically like Regal coming up to him and saying, you, you told me you were going to leave and then you ended up staying like have it basically be like only because Shane Thorne interrupted him. He decided <laughs> to stay. Like he was about to tell everyone he was leaving, but then like I've chickened already, out basically. Of I've leaving. already started the paperwork. <laughs> I'm not redoing it. <laughs> Did somebody piss in my tea again? <laughs> this one is better. The other cool part about NXT was that Rhea Ripley should be the next fucking women's uh, champion. No, but she's great. They had a great match. Yeah, they yeah, did. It was cool. It was a good, like, like mean person match. Yeah. I love a good, like, a mean person Me match. Me too. Yeah. I want her to take that title. I don't think she will. I don't. They can't have another unbeatable force, and that's what she needs well, to be. They need to have a baby. She's face. not in the because Candice went into Regal and was like, "Yo, fucker." Mm, well, he did say, depending on how that match goes, it could become a five way. Yeah, 
she didn't like it was only by DQ that she lost him. That's because like the horsewomen were getting involved and shit. He could just basically be like, no, fuck that. She's still in the match, even yeah. though. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I we'll, hope we'll it, see. I hope I, it's a four, but I think same. Same. But. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what's gonna happen. The only person I don't think is winning is me so mm. Yeah. No, and Rhea oh, probably and, won't win, but I think she totally could be a very, very dominant champion. I love Angel Garza still. Was yeah, that, that match is rad. Is he the one who fought Pete Dunne? Yeah. He got that a, fucking he, kick to the face. Uh-huh. I know it was all slap, but man, it looked he got good. A, it, was, it was snug. <laughs> he got kissed by the NXT grandma. <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, yeah, and he dismissed. Handsome, and, then he, and then he did guy. dismiss those boys trying to kiss him too, which... I was like, he didn't have to be a little mean about it, but yeah. I love. Well, he I, doesn't want just anybody kissing him, but the NXT grandma's it's different. Yeah, he's a, it. he's very mm-hmm. monogamous. I get it. Um, I I fucking by the way love the feud going on between Nigel and Aiden English over who's more handsome, Aiden English or Humberto Carrillo. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely. Um, They're both just fucking jizzing in their pants every time both of them are in the ring, and it's great. It's true, Humberto but it's definitely Carrillo's, Angel. Uh, Humberto Carrillo is uh, he's cute. Right, he has the, like the like the nice baby face looks. Mm-hmm. But he's not drop dead gorgeous. Oh, like, like a Victor Amige. No, like cute. No, that that's Umberto Carrillo is a, definitely a step above that. Oh, okay. Them dimples. <laughs> he has those dimples. Uh, yeah, both of them true. do, and yeah, it runs in their like, family because they're cousins. He looks like a heartthrob. Whereas then, like Angel Garza, you see him. He it reminds you of Andrade. He's like that guy's such a shitbag. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks good. Umberto, right, when you, you would, see him and you're like, I bet that guy's good at kissing. Mm-hmm. Umberto <laughs> would be the 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 plucky underdog hero in a telenovela, and Angel Garza would be the villainous uh, billionaire. If True. this was, if this was on Hallmark in Espanol, um, Umberto Carrillo would be the the small town guy working on a car. Angel <laughs> Angel Garza would be the big businessman who's trying <laughs> to like buy out his grand Umberto's grandma's house to turn it into an oil pit. Exactly, and then there's the uh, the uh, the main the main character is the woman that, that has to then choose between the two, and but, of course she chooses Umberto at the mm-hmm, end, right? So, and then for some reason he wins like a big like tournament of something that they're both in to win enough money to save. His grandma's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna put this in terms I can understand. Angel Garza would be um, Hot Rod, and Humberto Carrillo would be Will Arnett in Hot Rod. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Except I, 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 I don't want to smooch Will Arnett. <laughs> and that's like I think if you ask in, ten, come on, if you ask in like five to ten years, who knows? Uh, I think Humberto just still has that kind of uh, like baby face, just like Jungle Jack. Just a little baby face. Jungle, God, Jungle Jack. Is mm-hmm. talking about Jungle Jack. Yeah, Jungle Jack. But Jr. But Angel Jungle Angel, Jack Perry. Angel Garza is a uh, a full blown man. A good friend, Jack a, Perry, who does a man kissing. Well, kissing like a man. <laughs> um, I th- that that <laughs> match that match was really good. A great technical match, and it was also like the character work between the two of them was so fucking good. Like. Mm-hmm. Just Angel Garza wanting to to, to tear off his pants. tear off his pants immediately, <laughs> yeah, and just like Pete Dunn being like, like, "I'm not what just, the fuck is this guy he's doing?" He's like, "I'm not no. just gonna wait here while you kind of Don't take off tear your off pants. your pants in front mm. of me." And I mean, and Pete Dunn also gave Batman. him like the the Pete Dunn like like show of approval in a way of just the shrug at the end. That's like, like the nicest mm-hmm. thing that Pete Dunn does to anyone is just shrug at him. So he has like that little like kind of like frowning smile mm-hmm. and he's like hmm mm. my mustache is and big. then and also he Grimes, kicked angel garza's head off in that match oh yeah i was gonna say cameron grimes is out of his mind too 
Mm-hmm. Why is he just nuts? I don't know. I like that he's holding it down for us hairy boys, though. He is. He's um, Chuck Taylor used to call him the Carolina Caveman. Nice. <laughs> um, he he looks. What's like, with the fucking top hat? Um, yeah, I I, I don't know. It he was unnecessary. Like, my my favorite thing was last week when he had that weird promo, and I read um before I watched it, I read a like a report on it, and it's like he has this weird promo where he's freaking out. Things it comes to terms. He's like, all right. Then he just puts on a giant leather top hat and leaves. It's like, what the fuck happened? So I watched it. I'm like, wow, that's exactly what he did. Yeah, he's a guy that is, is the lead guitarist in a Guns N' Roses, like local Guns N' Roses cover band. So he has to wear a top hat. Mm-hmm. But, but like, they don't wear pants that are called Buns N' Roses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, like a burlesque Guns N' Roses cover band. Fuck yeah, we have so many But ideas. in Alabama. <laughs> oh, nice. I, that's pretty awesome. All right. Uh, before we get into uh, this Clash of Champions card, oh shit! <laughs> um, gun to your head. We're in the midst of a war coming up. NXT or AEW? What do you choose? NXT. They're a proven commodity. Like what? Like if it's like all right. No, just your choice. Like what? I, like what, I gotta. I gotta yeah. put one. I gotta turn TV onto one of them. Yeah, yeah. AEW. NXT. Um, I'm gonna have. Um, nope. You have to choose or you die. No, see, I nope. I gun watched to your head during the Monday night. I don't Wars. care. Gun to your head. NXT or AEW. You say anything else, you get murdered. It's tough. To, I, I have to see the cards for each show. What is your You're gut? Dead. What is your You're gut? Dead. What does your gut instinct say? I don't want you to die. Well, no, it's it's tough because like it depends on the card because if it's like Kip Saban versus like fucking. I don't know, like Sammy Guevara. I'm definitely not going to watch that match. So, are you more willing to gamble on the fact that NXT will have better matches on the card? Like, if you if you were going in blind, I care more about some of the people in NXT than I care more about some of the people in AEW. But I feel some of the wow, match quality is going to be a bit better depending on the week. Yeah, um, that's why I said you have to watch, like, wait for the match because, like, I'm literally going to flip between and see, like, oh, this is happening there. Let me mm-hmm. check this other one. Um, I mean, if for some reason, my remote exploded. I'd probably want it to explode on NXT, so at least watch that one. But I don't know. It's tough to say. That's how I'm, I'm not saying which one is better. It's more like I am more inclined to watch. I've AEW needs to get its bearings. NXT is already a like Zach said, yeah. it's a proven commodity. Like we, it's already really, and, really good. Like there will be growing pains with NXT right now. Show oh, yeah. me that smile again. Show me that smile. Thank you. Go on. Johnny Gargano's about as big as the children in that show, so it fits. Um, uh, you know, with them moving to two hours and moving to live TV and stuff, like mm-hmm. it, there will be some changes on that show, and like there might be some some hiccups and roadblocks along the way. But I still just like if I had to choose one, like I I feel like there's going to be less for them because it's they've been doing it for a while mm-hmm. and also it's a company that knows how to do live tv already like yeah and yeah. so if i just have to choose one i'm going to choose the one that i think is going to be in you know ha- be an easier watch and like more consistent probably the mm-hmm. nice thing about that though like the truth is is that when there's wars like this going on we win because mm-hmm. it's like we don't have to choose okay hunter which is sick <laughs> 
Well, you know, uh, I find it funny. I find uh, it funny that uh, really the true winners in this war, if you even want to call it that, because I mean, we've been on Wednesdays for five years. We've already been the alternative to WWE. Not um, some pissant company. Not just some pissant company with Billy Gunn. I fired him, by the way, because he was on steroids. Just letting you guys know. But um, And I'm not. The real, the real winners of this. Don't look at my butt. It is riddled with holes. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I came back nat- from a t- twelve-month injury in six months to go to Saudi Arabia. Just naturally, I find it funny. The, the real winners think the otherwise. The real winners are actually all the fans, the WWE universe, wrestling fans in general. But the other thing, you're all the winners. But you'll see who the real winner is on Wednesday when you show you who we are and we are and. X T. Oh, T. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, my thing is, I like watching how they're gonna, how AEW is gonna work out the kinks. I think it's gonna kinky stuff. I think it's gonna be a little, uh, you know, in the first. It's gonna, be, it's gonna feel weird before it settles in. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to see that. I want to know what. Uh, so am I. What more of uh, Triple H's stuff Cody's gonna steal? <laughs> Besides yeah. his his whole life. Mm-hmm. Also. One thing that gives me pause about AEW right now is like all the backstage segments that happened at uh, All Out felt too WWE to me. Like they were doing interviews and stuff and they felt exactly like WWE. And it's just like they're doing really good job of differentiating themselves in certain ways. But like those are like little small things like that. It feels like they just if they someone's assuming like this is what wrestling is when it doesn't have to be that like the mm-hmm. backstage interviews and shit in WWE are like the worst thing they do yeah it's true and like why keep that like that's not what sports interviews look like you yeah. know like give do something different there so i hope that they like figure that shit out yeah and it's going to be fun and the best thing is we don't have to choose mm-hmm. we win yeah guys um, in a month we're going to have there's already Eight hours of weekly mainstream TV wrestling there to is? watch. If you count the network and TV, there's eight right now. I only watch one hour a week. There's three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown. What are those shows? An hour of 205 An live. hour of 205 Live, an hour of NXT, and an hour of NXT UK. We're getting an additional three within the next month. We're losing one, though. Well, they haven't actually said 205 Live is dying. Un- folding under the NXT umbrella does not say it's canceled. That's true. And they have in if it goes away, there's still a third hour of SmackDown taping scheduled after they move to Fox. So then SmackDown is either there's three hours or they replace it with something. So the hour doesn't go away. And we haven't talked about main event. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sleeper of the wrestling world. Uh, uh, you get Sarah Logan versus Dana Brooke weekly. That's actually I've heard they're good matches. They're both improving. So, um, one last question: Gun to your head. Um, gun to your roses. Is it the same gun? Yes. Okay. There's multiple bullets in this gun. Same bullets? How? Because you used one on Isai. <laughs> I know. I murdered his. How many bullets will stop me now? <laughs> um, there are five left. I bet it's empty. Uh, librarians got six shooter, for- son. Yeah. Bullet in the chamber. Librarians of the forgotten sons. Forgotten sons. Uh, oh, Forgotten Sons, one hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, only because of Gunner's mean guy face. If if we're talking about in in ring and just the the gimmick, I'm just talking in general. Fuck, I might still go with librarians because I at least like Leva Bates as a person, and like not nothing against Forgotten Sons. I just have no 
affinity for them either. Gunner's mean guy face. He's a good mean. Call him his real name. I like his Terminator. I like Jackson Riker. I like him as a Terminator. Call him by his Christian name. Gunner Stahl. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Okay, let's get into this fucking Yeah, we we still got quite a bit to cover. Yeah. Um, As you pull up the card, hold on, we had a couple random questions. I already pulled it up. It's ready. It's pulled. Why is Chai Chi still wrestling, and also why does anyone like him at all? You're asking the wrong podcast, brother. We agree. fucking hate Except Tai Matt Chi. Might like Tai Chi. Fine, he's fine. And um, people, I think, like him because like people like dumb stuff. <laughs> <laughs> people like him because they're dumb. The people like, especially like internet wrestling fans right now, like wrestling and Twitter likes like kind of dumb things. Mm. Like, I, I'm not saying like you're dumb for like it's like no like they like the funny the odd the, the same reason I kind of like Baron Corbin like because he's a goddamn mess exactly yeah and also other people like him because like he was like Kawada's boy but fuck Kawada was that it that was the only question uh no favorite potato dish uh, uh for one shout out Kenny Omega oh, dog scalloped um, uh, you're a scalp guy fuck I love I mean I don't have him often I think that's why I like him so much because it's a mm. treat. French fries, just a little bit of salt, maybe a sauce. Curly fries, no doubt. No. Mm. Really, really. I mean, sorry, this is for me. I love curl. Like, I love say a, no to my fucking. I love a curl. <laughs> I love a curl. But my the I love a perfectly cooked French fry, a really good potato. It just like maybe a little smoked sea salt. Just yeah. But Ooh. just salt. Sometimes I don't even dip it in a sauce. Mm. I just love French fries, I think they are a perfect food. They are great. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm a big hash browns fan too. It's fries and hash browns. Oh, um, but yeah, my dude. home fries? Home fries are yeah, home fries are good too. Sometimes, jo- JoJo's? Sometimes oh. I like JoJo's are good. Sometimes I just like the the reg hash. It's I, so good. I love just getting down on some JoJo's. Um mm-hmm. the the secret answer is um back in two thousand and six to two thousand eight, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. Um Burger King had a a, a item on their menu called the loaded steakhouse burger that was Ooh. as if you had a loaded baked potato on a hamburger shout it out a, it was a hamburger isn't like, that the one that hurt you yeah i ate it a lot um it was yeah a like st- like their steakhouse burger but then mashed potatoes and chives and like shit in the like mashed potatoes on top of a burger Damn. it was fucking gross and so fucking good yeah, that that sounds pretty i think awesome. about that it that sounds great de- a decade later i I am a big French five fan and a big uh, both home style and shredded hash brown, but I love a good baked potato. Get a little butter. Oh, oh man, I couldn't a disagree bu- more. But a little butter, a little cheese, some bacon bits, salt, pepper. Mm. I think it's awful. I actually think it's disgusting. But I like I like a baked potato because I love sour cream. I like and it's sour a real cream. Good vessel for sour That's why cream. I do loaded hash browns. Yeah, because I baked potato. I get. I just have uh, you know, a baked potato feed at Caldwell High. Was, I understand why those would be the bane of your existence. Yeah, yeah. And then we ha- just had fucking boxes of potatoes to go through at my house. For like the next month? Uh-huh. After like the, it was like a band fundraising thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck, dude. Okay, that's understandable, but take it out of that. Imagine you're back in eighth grade. Right. You're in fucking middle school. Yes. It's big potato bar day. You're loading that sucker up with some cheese and some chili and some bacon bits. Oh, you and throw broccoli some chi- for some yeah, reason. you throw some chili in there. It what? does change the what game. What is with broccoli and baked potatoes? I don't know, but... Uh, I don't know. It's vegetables. <laughs> it's, my, uh, my favorite is actually the Mrs. Dad baked potato place. <laughs> <laughs> and also, have you ever been to Eggman and Earl that's on uh, Park Center? 
like around that area by my house, they have this awesome thing. It's called like the hangover hash browns. Mm. Essentially, hash browns are like with just cheese already baked in with them. It's oh, that's what I fucking love. The best. Uh, also, when I was working at Whole Foods, fuck that place. Whole fuck food. you, Whole Foods. Fuck you, Whole Foods. But guess I still what? Eat their cake sometimes. Yeah, and guess what? They have latkes, and that's really good too. Ooh, yeah. There you go. Um, Shout but out. honestly, if you put potatoes in front of me, I'm not gonna fucking complain. Raw potatoes? No, like a prepared Smackdown potatoes. I'd probably eat those. Um, I just I love potatoes. They're great. They're great. Starchy food. Yeah. All right, let's get through. Shout this. out Jim for making the best. Jim Greaves? No, oh. Jim, uh, mom's husband. From, oh, I was gonna say from the office. Shout out to Jim Greaves for being and also being good. A, being a pal, good homemade fries too. Yeah. Uh, and, and, who asked that question? Uh, who asked that question? Um, I have it pulled up. It was uh, Bradley Boopler. Oh, yeah. shout out at the Boom Dizzle. All fam, Twitter. all fam, all fam. What up? What up? <laughs> um, all right, let's get through this. Do we want to go through this card? Yeah, I'm, fuck. Let's do it. Why quick. not? Yeah, let's just, just go quick. through. All right, yeah, AJ yeah. Styles, Cedric. I think AJ's winning, but they will have a great match. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, Alexa and Nikki versus Mandy and Sonya. Alexa uh, and Nikki are retaining, right? I, I, I think it's gonna change. Oh. I think it's sticking, but also I don't care. Yeah, because just that promo ruined it. Mm. Also, why are now Alexa and Nikki the baby faces? That's where I think I think that's why that's why it's going to change. I think having some like established heels with the title. I think they're not even established though. Yeah. Well, they're it was they were shitty. They were being <laughs> shitty. <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, it, that 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 promo just like really like was like Bruh. yeah, it sucked. Landing like a wet fart. <laughs> like a wet fart in church. Roman versus Eric Rowan. Speaking uh, of a wet fart in church. Five-star classic. Uh, we skipped over it a little bit. I will say my I want to root for Rowan. I like his... I physically, literally Great like... Great wine. I like his voice. Mm-hmm. I like that southern voice he has. Uh, and only he, Luke Harper had had it. And, yeah, if only. But uh, And he's like a... I, he, he like I he, can be a team player. He can be like pretty, uh, like believably passionate on the mic, but the promos they've been giving him are the most standard white bread. Mm. Yeah, uh, you can I'm tell a, that they botched the storyline. Oh and, yeah, they're trying to do. Something nobody to, tells me what to do. Oh, that was Braun. Whatever. <laughs> no one tells me what to do. My name's Rowan. Great. I like Mastodon and Children of Bodom. Uh, Becky versus Sasha. I'm excited for this match. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. potentially match of the night is. Could Sasha get it? Yeah. Yes, I so. think she's going to. I think Sick. all. I think. You, I think that the titles are going to be switching between these four women until WrestleMania. I, I. I feel like you'd cut her off at her legs if you don't give it to well, her. And that's what they're known for doing. Yeah, they're known for waiting when this is the perfect time. Becky. Becky won't lose anything if she loses the title. No, in fact, she will gain something because. She's, she she's something champ- to fight for. Yeah, like she, her. She's been her championship run has been as good as. They've given her to work with, but it and it's not her fault that it's getting a little stale right now. Yeah, yes. like they need to. It's Stone Cold never held the belt for super long. Yeah, periods of time. Like she might have had this belt longer than he ever had the championship. Yeah, like, make yeah, her like chase almost, again. Right, it's like almost like we we like wanting her to be champion more than actually being champion. You just want yeah. that chase. You want uh, you want to mm-hmm. fight the good fight. Yeah. I'll I'll definitely I'm gonna be in Portland watching blue collar mm. wrestling. So uh, a, yeah, a like a badass like ass kicker with the championship quickly just starts to feel like a bully. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. like need to have them be an underdog again. Yeah. 
Uh, Shinsuke versus The Miz. I had no idea this was happening. Um, Shinsuke's winning. Or The Miz is to tie Chris Jericho and then loses it quickly and gets it again and loses it quickly to erase Chris Jericho's <laughs> record from when, the record books. I'm guessing that... I'm, the only reason I'm guessing that Shinsuke's winning because isn't like Maurice is pretty pregnant now. Yeah, he How could, far along is she? Because like pretty, they, pretty they, far. They give him time, like whenever. Mm, that's why I think he could literally lose it on the next SmackDown. I I legitimately think that they're gonna use this as their way to now hot shot erasing Chris Jericho from the record books Hell yeah. because that's what they fucking do. Hot shots part D. So they're part D. Mm-hmm. so they're just I I literally that's my prediction is the Miz has it and that wins it and then has it for less than a month. I can see just some fuckery it's, happening, mm-hmm. like with Sami Zayn, just because of like Sami Zayn. So like, I don't think he's gonna win it. And also, I mean, just I feel like they want to like at least give Shinsuke a little bit of incentive for, I think, re-signing and surfing. Mm-hmm. Come on, come to work. Don't hit the waves, please. Is is Jericho in the Hall of Fame? No, no. People so usually aren't until they retire. He's not he, going in he, there. No, he someday will be. <laughs> there, it's wild the, him the and, like things that people have gotten over with vince like, okay okay the fact that ultimate warrior was back within good graces of the company is ridiculous mm-hmm. or okay. mick foley even like people forget mick and was not in good grace with the company for a long time paul well, Heyman. Well, okay okay quite a few people brock okay. lesnar eric bischoff sable <laughs> me matt did somebody say my name <laughs> Yes, I did, Sable. I would like uh, you to dance for Matt. Okay, uh, here Matt, we go. Matt likes your dancing. <laughs> it's hard to dance on a chair. It, well, you did a great job. Well, thank you. All right. New Day versus Revival. This sounds sick. I think Revival's winning it. Mm-hmm. Say yeah. But they keep, they keep interacting with all those, all those bad AEW people. They're going to get pushed off TV. Uh, the Revival or New Day? Oh no, revival. revival. Okay. Uh Drew Gulak, Humberto Carrillo, and Lince Dorado all against each other. Mm, Gulak wins. Yeah. Gooey wins. Gooey keepy belt. <laughs> like that gooey belt. Uh wowie, wowie. Kofi versus Randy. Um here's the thing. Ooh, this is a this is tough. We skipped is... over that. Kofi stood tall. Had to go home. Re- show. Recreated the boom drop, even had to get a second table because their gimmicked table just broke from him leaning on it. it. Something to learn from, though. It was they gimmicked. had a second table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, here's what I'm gonna say. I am this is th- this is a a two part answer. I want Randy to win. If, boom. End episode. Yeah, that's it. No. Um, <laughs> as long as Kofi wins it back at Hell in a Cell. Because I, there's a lot of people who have won that title once. It's a lot smaller list of people who have won it twice. And it, I think it makes someone a lot more legitimate if they do it again. And I think it actually would be good for Kofi's story to then have to overcome this. I think so, too. Yeah, I feel like that that works. I Part of me is like, if Randy were to win, of course, I would be immediately hesitant as to how they were going to proceed forward. But... If that was the direction they went with it, that would be great. Randy, if they kept Kofi in that storyline and in mm-hmm. that sort of that tier. And I think it's even more impactful for Randy to put over Kofi in that way, like in Hell in a Cell, losing the title back to Kofi than just losing a one-off feud. Mm-hmm. So. Randy's promos have been fire lately, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, he said bullshit on SmackDown. He did. I love it because he was like, Dude, you've done two things in the last 10 years. 
put me through a table and won one, one world title. He's like, I've won seven, won two Royal Rumbles, a, a fucking uh, money in the bank, money in the bank. And he's like, I've done all that. And then just with your, you've been fake since the day you showed up here with your, with your fake Jamaican accent and your, with your fucking cornrows and your bullshit power of positivity. I'm like, Fucking Randy's going for it. Like, yeah. Whoa, Randy. I know he came out through the crowd, too. It was like, fuck. All right. Okay. Um, Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman. Before we get to that, let, let it just be known. Zach has changed his favorite wrestler to Randy Gordon. Go on. Seth Rollins <laughs> versus Braun Strowman. <laughs> I just, I just have, there's, I have, I'm real confused about the next match. Death well, so Braun. there's the tag match, and then there's their match. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh so this shit, Wikipedia yeah. order order is weird. Yeah, it only says so because the current like Raw tag champs are Seth and Braun, <clears throat> so they are going to be defending their titles before <laughs> wrestling each other for Seth's title. So if they retain, then they're <laughs> enemies and also partners. Yeah. Um, I kind of want that to happen. It's the only way that this is interesting. (laughs) Don't give Ziggler a fucking belt. No. Even though Rudolph Rudolph is... Is that really their name? No, they're calling themselves vultures, which is... I don't know what that fucking means. It doesn't fit with them at all, but... um, Yowie, yowie, I'm a vulture. I want them to retain, and then I want Braun to win. Like, (laughs) I want want chaos. (laughs) And also, I don't want Seth as champion. I'm also, I'm already like even though it's only like been a month. I know I it, the thing is like I popped for him winning because they set they established like the stakes in the match that he won it so well. I truly I, I don't care about Seth as a babyface world champion. Like it me has either. not worked for me. Yeah, I don't feel it. Also, Corbin versus Gable isn't even on here. Because uh, that's, that's now on Monday. Be on yeah. Monday. Well, I, I just realized what your shirt was. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, it's sick. Yeah. They they did say it was going to be on that pay per view, but now it is not on that pay per view. Okay. And it might be it might be again. Like they haven't officially announced that it's moved because they had a graphic up, they tweeted then tweeted something and then deleted that tweet and put up a generic tweet. Like I don't think they know. Coming it's soon, be. maybe. Yeah. Just like me, man. Uh it's Thursday, you know what that means. Bailey versus Charlotte. Um I think Bailey needs this one yes. with her fresh turn. And also Charlotte's "Quote unquote hometown." Yeah, um, and Sasha and Bailey as both the two champs would be sick as fuck. Fuck yeah, cool. That's Clash of Champions. Watch it or don't. Fuck it. Um, let's teach me, teach me, baby, teach yeah, me about the SmackDown yeah, six. Let's yeah. talk about the six SmackDown. So Zach has the floor. Yeah. And- Zach's talking Zach about the SmackDown 6. Have you prepared a PowerPoint for us? I have not, but I have a lot of Wikipedia pages open. So this, <laughs> Sick. this is... Who are the Zach would have. This is Six. Zach's fucking era of this SmackDown. Is. So just for, so for some context. 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 Um, so go back to the WWE in, in 2002 um, at WrestleMania. So WrestleMania 18 happens, um, and they're... <clears throat> At WrestleMania 18, there's like a ton of new signings from ECW and WCW shown in the crowd and stuff. Like, there's this weird influx of talent into uh, the WWE because their two biggest competitors have shut down within the last one year. Both was ECW within the same year. It was within the same like quarter. Yeah, like business quarter. So, so did they? Shut down, or did the WWE buy them, or did they same. buy them after they shut down? Well, kind of the same. Okay. Idea. Well, okay. so like 
they bought out the like the companies were shutting down and they're the ones who went in and bought them for basically laundry money. Okay. okay. Like I think they bought WCW the rights for the, the tape library and um, everything else like that for like $2 million. A pack of smokes. Yeah. Like total for a whole company and all the rights to it. Um, most of the wrestlers in WCW's contracts were actually through Time Warner not through WCW, so they still got paid, and that's why they didn't. The biggest names didn't show up at first. Because why wouldn't you want to sit at home for one point five million dollars? Yeah, rest your body. It, that's like a small contract <laughs> for what some of these guys yeah, were. They getting. were handing out fucking mm, money. There, there were notable exceptions and stuff, but um, so following WrestleMania eighteen, um, there's their rosters way too loaded to you know keep doing things how they're doing and on my 12th birthday march 25th 2002 happy birthday uh they had the first ever brand draft um rick flair was was in kayfabe co-owner of the wwe he had bought like an equal share to vince um and came out and vince looked like he was gonna die and that was one of the best segments it's really good um and so Basically, it, it, then it's Vince is going to be running SmackDown. Ric Flair is going to be running Raw. And this was the right when they were changing from WWF to WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, first pick it for so you know they did they pick teams basically. It's like The Rock and The Undertaker go to SmackDown and Raw like one and two. Smart pick. Yeah. Um, and at this point, too, like at this point, too, um, they only still had one world champion. They just had the you know singular belt that floated between the two shows was how they originally conceived of it. Um, the undisputed, champion. the undisputed championship, the one that oh, Chris, Adam Cole's title. Yeah, no, it's the one that Chris Jericho won. Like when um, they combined the WCW and WWE belts. Do you remember what his catchphrase was or in that era? Ayatollah of Rock and Roller was it? Was that the Ayatollah probably? Of he didn't mention that one. Mm-hmm. He did mention it. Oh, it okay. He did a lot. He had a lot going on. You know, Roz Jericho, Ayatollah Rock and Roller, lots of stuff. But um, so drink it in, man. Um, eventually that that changes a little bit. They they added second world title because Brock Lesnar won, was on Raw, won the world title from uh, the Rock. But then Stephanie McMahon, he had changed the SmackDown. That's what it was. He changed the SmackDown. He won the title from The Rock at SummerSlam. And Stephanie McMahon is like, he's exclusive to SmackDown. So Raw, fuck off. You don't have a title. So they reintroduced the WCW belt. Give it to Triple H. Um, so Bischoff literally hands it to Triple H. Yeah, he literally handed it to Triple H. <laughs> um, so... That's just kind of like what was going on in the company. So there's these two separate shows. Raw had always been, you know, the A show, and SmackDown had only been around for a couple years to compete with Thunder. Um, So it didn't really have an identity at all now that it was its own separate thing. And The Rock was gone. The number, like the person that the brand was established around, it's even a catchphrase of his. Smack, like yeah, yeah, lay the SmackDown. Yeah, um, was gone shooting the Scorpion King. Fucking sick. Shout movie. out. Um, so at this point, real quick. So was Raw live at this point? SmackDown was still pre-taped. Yes. Uh, or was or were they both pre-taped? No, Raw was live. Raw, Raw, Raw was been live since like ninety seven. Okay, and SmackDown was 
pre-taped, yeah, which makes it, it was, less enticing. It was to really taped on a Tuesday, yeah. aired on Thursdays at that point. Yeah. Um, so SmackDown just didn't really have um, a real identity, except then, you know, they used Brock to kind of, and bringing in the, you know, classic WWE title um, to like establish it a little bit more, make people want to watch, um, which is what they did again in the last draft in 2016 they put the wwe title on smackdown and you know made a new belt for raw because people already watch raw it doesn't matter what titles on it basically um but underneath all that um there's a group of wrestlers that now are, are referred to as the smackdown six and also paul Heyman was running the creative for smackdown um so just warning a little bit too for anyone listening. We're gonna have to talk about a, a shitty person. We're gonna yeah. have to talk about Chris Benoit. We're not gonna talk bit. about any of the shit he did, but we're no. gonna talk and about him as a wrestler. We're, we're gonna. You just have to because of how much of a part of this he was. Like we're not. Like there's only six of them. We can't yeah. just talk and, about five. <laughs> and we're we're not glorifying any of his actions or anything. We're just gonna explain like what what role he played in this and stuff and and why he was an important part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so those six that are um, Chavo and Eddie Guerrero, Los Guerreros, Edge, Rey Mysterio, Chris Benoit, and then Kurt Angle. Was this before Edge and Christian were a team or after? After. after. Okay. okay. Um, this is after they had split. So and- Christian was on Raw being with the Un-Americans? Mm-hmm. And Edge Edge was being pushed as a young baby face at this point. Okay, um, Edgeward. Mm-hmm. Um. So the when after so you know Brock wins a title at at SummerSlam, and at this point, um, the there's only like they decide to make all titles doubled up, basic, pretty much. You know, except for women's and cruiserweight. Like those were the only belts that only had its one. So they had to establish a new set of tag belts. Um, and then eventually they set up new mid-card belts on them and stuff. Like the Intercontinental title was over on Raw, and the Cruiserweight was like the mid-card belt basically on SmackDown, even though it was a different division. Until they introduced the U.S. Yeah, yeah which we'll get to because it's part of this story actually. Um, so to establish the the tag this new tag team division in, on SmackDown, uh, they basically took the these guys these six guys there's you know los guerreros and then uh benoit angle were a team and then um mysterio and edge were a team and through the tournament it was um who won it first it was uh angle and benoit won won that title like first and the other two teams were like big part of that tournament to win it and stuff. And then like eventually the, these three teams were all feuding and like had a triple threat match at a survivor series. That's great using that all six of these people are in. Um, and then they kind of started splitting these people, up, like splitting up these teams, like splitting them off from each other and stuff because they had established this new belt. And this like is kind of a pattern with these six that anytime something needed to become established, they used these guys like, for the next two years, Rey Mysterio basically was like holding down the cruiserweight division. Him and once Los Guerreros sp- eventually split, Chavo was like multiple time cruiserweight champion. Um, and then eventually when they reintroduced the U.S. title, Eddie Guerrero was the first person to win it. Um, there's this just consistency where like 
at this period of time, no matter who was on top, like when Big Show was the world champion, his matches weren't all that great unless they were with Kurt or Brock. But no matter what, all the matches underneath were all super solid on SmackDown. And it just like established this new show. Like, and it made well, the, it worth and then watching. You, you also had like Team Angle. Yeah. So like, you know, they, you know, have these two new super talented young guys. That they couldn't they, talk worth the lick. No, they couldn't put him with Kurt Angle. And then they got super over as a tag team. Like, and eventually when they split off with him, they still were over. Was this when SmackDown, because SmackDown, since I've been watching, has been, it's a lot different now, but it was kind of considered the worker show. Oh, yes. absolutely. Yes. This, so is, this why is why. This is why. It's this, okay. is cool. this is why it's the worker show, because like on Raw, there were some great wrestlers and stuff, but it was like, it was Triple H during his like reign of terror on top the whole time. It wasn't fun to really watch it a lot of times. And so just think also about this like from WWE's perspective. They had just lost Rock. Stone Cold retires. Um, fucking Mick Foley's done. Like all lost, their stars are gone. Th- they lost like all of that. Like none of WCW guys were really hitting. Goldberg was a wet fart. Like Scott Steiner comes in here and it's also a wet fart, but so funny. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> Give me a fucking mic. You gonna suck my dick or what? Well, and it's also like I mean, this is just uh, you know, I mean, we're not very far removed from what is now known as the Attitude Era. So Raw has this reputation that it's moving away from, but has already. SmackDown doesn't have any of those things. So to, like to be like, oh, this is where the good wrestlers wrestle, and like and like with that as well. It's like on Raw, you would get aside from like Shawn Michaels making his comeback in two thousand and two, you had. Um, them doing some just like the people they had on top for um like going against Triple H, it was like R V D who had never been like that big of a star just yet in WWE. You had Kane, you had Bubba Ray Dudley. Yeah. yeah. Just like Triple H just running through everybody. And then you had like segments like HLA, you had Katie Vick, you had all this shit that was happening, you're just like, Well, you know what, this isn't that cool. Yeah. What's happening on this other show over here? Yeah, and also it was, you know... <clears throat> yeah, like, even, like, he's not part of the spectrum. You had guys like Matt Hardy, like, yeah. doing cool new stuff. Yeah, and, um, the like, the whole cruiserweight division being there and also it being on a network TV channel. It was UP- on UPN Up at the time. Um, it was, you know, they were going after different demographics than Raw was, too, and it was, like, they were going after the Hispanic market a lot with Los Guerreros there or just, like... It worked with me. Not English, you know, not English speaking fans or like English as second language fans with like how many Japanese fans they had. And yeah, the Japanese Bud Saw Tajiri for yeah. some reason teamed with Eddie Guerrero because <laughs> mm-hmm. they're, I think it's because Chavo and Tajiri were in a feud and then, yeah, you know, you know. Um, but you look like at the way that, you know, all these guys, except for Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle had been champion already and stuff, but, um, the rest of them were just kind of mid-card guys up to this point. But um, the way that they used, uh, like, these great matches and, like, they knew consistently that these guys were going to, like, get something over if they were part of it. And all of these guys ended up being world champions eventually. Chavos was just the ECW title, unfortunately. But all of them ended up being world champion. Damn. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, it was just like a really great time. Like, it's what got me into wrestling was SmackDown from like 2002 to 2004, basically. Um, because it didn't 
like the stuff on top was consistently good with like the WWE title, but even if it wasn't, there was going to be something good underneath. Um, You're going to have Edge versus Ray. You're going to have Eddie and uh, fucking Angle or Eddie and Chris or or the Los Guerreros versus like World's Greatest Tag Team. Mm. You had shit like that going on. You had the cruise. That's Team division. Angle after they split up with Angle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. For what it's worth. I was thinking of World's Cutest. <laughs> like, wait, who stole that? Oh, okay. Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. Shelton. You you just had you had all that kind of stuff that was going on. And it was just like for me, like I remember very vividly World Rumble two uh, thousand three. One mm, world title was Triple H versus Scott Steiner in a horrific match. Great match. Mm. Oh. And it is just like twenty eight minutes of shit. That look Yes. It's, it's one of the worst it's Scott Steiner had drop foot and couldn't move around and also was rusty and been out of a ring and was also about to explode from steroids. And then on the other side, you had Redacted versus Kurt Angle Mm -hmm. in a fucking, like, just barn burner of a, like, wrestling match. And there Mm -hmm. was just these reversals I had never seen. And it looked like these two guys, like, knew each other so well in the ring. And it looked like almost like a legitimate sporting contest and you're just sitting there like holy shit like what is happening mm-hmm. and even though redacted lost like at that time you were just like he put on such a great show this guy's a star now kurt angle's already been champion like that's what paul Heyman brings to a wrestling show as he took this over is he was able one guy got over and one guy then gets over so mm-hmm. like one guy wins but one guy other still gets over and like all of this stuff too like would like any of these guys could pop up into the main event slot, you know, and it would work and then also go down and like be in the mid card. And like all these stories ran like intertwined together and stuff, you know, like, you know, name redacted and uh, Brock Lesnar had like feuded a little bit and stuff. And then Brock won the Royal rumble at that same pay-per-view to then face angle and, there was just all this stuff going on all the time, and it was like good wrestling and good storytelling. Yeah. One of the things as well as you're loading up some different notes here is um, Paul Heyman is such a fucking um, like he has those Jedi mind tricks, like everybody says that Vince has. Mm-hmm. So he had wor- um, he was getting his own commentary team. They were just going to be his team. It was Michael Cole. And Taz, mm-hmm. and he was pretty. He like pretty much had fed into them and made them believe that nobody wanted them to succeed. That people on the plane that were flying to the show, so like Vince and Hunter, all this didn't want him to succeed. And that everybody just thought they were just the B team, and like, no, you guys go out there and make him be the A show. Mm-hmm. You guys are the A commentary team. They're gonna try to take you off of uh of like Royal Rumble and WrestleMania because they don't think you're the A team. Prove that you are. Yeah, on mm. I think and to that too, I feel like Taz is one of those really under uh, appreciated commentators. He's For those great. couple of years he was, but then he went off the rails for he, a while. He, did. he he partially made uh Brock like he he's well, the one who came Here comes with, the pain. Yeah, well, here comes the pain and like just the way he would like put over Brock in commentary was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And all, like it's one of the things that I love in MMA commentary is when you have that guy that's been in there talking about it. That's why I loved William Regal on commentary. That's why I like Nigel McGuinness on commentary. Yeah, yeah, it's like oh, they've been through this. They get this. They know the like what how this feels. What happens? What that mindset is when you're in the middle of those situations. Yeah, <laughs> and like if you just like look at what this how this changed in like 
propelled like the future of WWE this era is like there were a bunch of people who came out of this and like, you know, not just these six guys, you know, all of them ended up being world world champions within a couple of years, which is wild if you look at where they were before this started, before the brand split started, because mm-hmm. they were just lost in the sea of, you know, Vince guys and stuff like that. Like none of them could get past that mid card really because they're either WCW guys or they're too small or, or whatever. Um, to all of them being world champions within a few years. And then also just the environment of the writing on that show and stuff like this is where John Cena debuts is during this period of time. And like yeah. the fact that he had could work with these six guys while he was so green and look good because of it, like got him over like, be, be, like his gimmick did too. Like he, his, you know, he did a lot of that on his own, but like the fact that he could go out and have a match with, you know, like one of the Guerreros or, you know, Edge or any of these. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Like, he, like, I think within, like, in 2003, like, had a world title match against Brock. And, like, he lost. But, like, that started him down that path of, like, getting super over and being world champion within a couple of years. Damn. Yeah, and it's it's because of, like, Brock, the, like, that feud with Brock. That's where he came up with the FU and, and the STFU, like, those are like inside of the F5. His move was the FU. Mm. That like really helped him. Like Batista being on SmackDown, even though it's like um, like kind of towards the tail end, but him being able to work with Eddie and him being able to work with Ray, mm-hmm. him being able to work with like Edge and all these guys yeah. helped propel him into that upper echelon as well. Just because you put him in the ring with these guys that for the last couple of years, Paul Heyman did a great job of establishing these are the guys we're going to make sure everything that they're in is great. And then when you add another person into the mix, like Matt Hardy versus Rey Mysterio, mm-hmm. that was the opening match at uh, Safeco. Yeah, WrestleMania 19. And it was a fucking awesome match. It, it is put, like an eight, it's like one of the best like eight minute matches you'll ever see. Like it's super short and it's so good. Hell yeah. For the cruiserweight title. And when you get somebody else involved and then it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, this guy's good because he's then. He's with them. Like Paul Heyman does such a good job. And he did this in ECW and he's doing it now mm-hmm. is making a talent and just really highlighting their strengths and then making sure you don't notice their weaknesses. Well, yeah. Look at Corbin. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, that's a really good, like, good timing of us like talking about this now is to like look at what's been happening on Raw since, you know, Heyman took over. Like it's not one hundred percent hits, but it's a lot better than it was before he t- you know, took mm-hmm. over. And a lot of that has been like, we're seeing these guys that are great wrestlers getting their opportunities, like to get on TV for one. And also like, he is very good at matching up people who aren't as good in the ring with people who are great and like making sure that both people are like better because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Corbin is like getting a lot more like people are like enjoying his work more now because he's working with the right people. They're setting up these matches in ways that make them both look good. It's not just Corbin going out there being a bad wrestler and then beating the good wrestler. (laughs) It's using his strengths to like highlight what he is good at Mm -hmm. and then still getting good heat on him as a heel and like getting those baby faces sympathy and pushed and stuff like it is just a, such a better approach than just the normal, like, terrible 50-50 booking we've seen. And, like, I'm very hopeful that, like, this is, like, the new version of this era of the SmackDown 6 is what we've got going on Raw right now. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that was about it. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's a good, good, good like rundown. Wrestling yeah. the 20 to me kind of signifies a little bit of the end of that. It, it is like, you know, by that time, you know, name redacted had just switched over to raw and like also these, like these guys were now getting up to the top of the card, you know, like Eddie was champion. Name redacted was champion. What a um, weird fucking ending to WrestleMania. Well, and that's it's, and it's crazy yeah. to think that just a couple of years later, two of the six are gone. You know, mm-hmm. like that really was a brief moment in history that really defined a whole lot of what we are seeing. And today. then around the same time, <laughs> Angle leaves the company and is dealing with his shit. Like, and it, it's so it's so wild to see that they are the ones that changed how mainstream wrestling is wrestled. Yeah, like if you look at, even when WWE is bad, just look at the like the level of talent on the roster now and like look at who all of those people's influences are like Mm -hmm. it's these it's this era of of people and stuff and like that showed that like wrestling could be good like main main event wrestling could still be good Mm -hmm. um like kurt versus brock is like the best technical main event feud that had ever happened in wwe at this point you know for as and it main evented wrestlemania and it was very good like and well received that was not a thing at that point. Yeah, and I think, like, definitely those guys kind of lit that fuse that is now, like, what, 15 years later, we're looking at SmackDown basically becoming the A-show when it moves to Fox. It's going to have more eyes on it. It's going to be a bigger deal. I mean, there's obviously a lot of people, Cena, and, like, there was a ton of people along the way that kept elevating it, but that that sparked that fuse that we're seeing now. Yeah, and, like, still growing. I don't know. You guys don't really watch football, but, like, I was watching football this weekend, and... On Fox, on all the games, it's like these giant commercials about SmackDown, and just seeing that, like it's going back on network TV, and like and a major net major network this time because yeah. UPN was. But even then, that's where I watched Beetleborgs. But everybody, like yeah. everybody, had UPN, mm-hmm. and it's like you could watch that channel. So it's just it's awesome to think where it's going to be. I hope it can get some life how it did um, back when when Heyman was took control. Because Heyman has this very good way of having this us versus them mentality. Mm-hmm. That's how we got ECW to have these fucking speeches. Everybody needs to find the one from Barely Legal 97, their first pay-per-view. And it's like people like porn. people <laughs> would die for that fucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he people would die for him forgetting that he owes them money. Like, that's how good he is at that. <laughs> he would convince you to give... Like to give you the shirt off your back, like when he owes you a hundred thousand dollars. Yes, like and like you would gladly do it because it's for the good, for the greater good. Mm. And <laughs> he did that because Vince McMahon had even told him it's the B Show, so he went to everybody. We're getting called the B Show. Let's go out there and show them that we can match. They matched ratings. They had better shows, better mm-hmm. buy rates. They were the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like go like. Again, like I've talked about how WrestleMania 19 is like my is my favorite WrestleMania. Like I think it it holds up and it's like just my most nostalgic. Like God, the like the SmackDown matches from that are just like so good. Like and the Raw matches are too, but the only real stinkers out of that whole show are from Raw. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's Booker T and Triple H. And that Ooh, I mean, that's, yeah. and then that's kind of it besides like the pillow fight and stuff. <laughs> sure. But, oh. Like, but even like, un- twins. even like, 
Undertake Undertaker was on SmackDown at the time, right? Yeah. yeah it was him yeah. and Nathan Jones versus A-Train and Big Show. That match is so much better than it has any right to be. Because like, they didn't have Nathan Jones in yeah, there. Except he came fucking in. fucking botched the kick, the one spot the he one had. one spot he had. But, yeah, like, they took, you know, that underdog mentality and just, like, it's kind of what's going on with NXT right now in a way, too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well done, Zach. That Thank was really you. well put together. I, Thank you. Love that era too. Yeah, that was wonderful. Mm. I would. I learned something. I would record it on blank VHS tapes so I could watch it after coming home from baseball. Yeah, yeah. we would too. I, I now have in my house uh, a box of old uh, VHS tapes of wrestling that we uh, taped over. I have an did idea. It, we'll talk about it off air. Did, okay. did any of them get some? Uh, um, like other things like recorded over like halfway. I haven't gone through all of them yet, but I am excited because I was looking through and we do have on VHS tape SummerSlam or uh, uh, fucking, oh, what was it? Was it SummerSlam 97? The Screwjob? Survivor, Survivor Series. Survivor, we have that that one. That's what That's it was. Sick. That's yeah. really sick. I remember um, with this, like I was super into SmackDown. Um, I actually convinced my dad to let me order um wrestlemania 19 because i cleaned out the entire garage mm-hmm. and so my friends and i could go over and watch it and then i remember that like wwe started coming back a little bit around that time too so i remember seeing like edge wrestle like when he was still like kind of on his rise over at the what's now the central Inc. arena and stuff so that was really cool and uh watching that taping a smackdown that was like in yeah. 2002 um, and seeing like los guerreros and brock lesnar i was and, there too yeah so yeah. it was great um just remember to like put out a tweet saying that we're talking about this, and if anyone had, you know, thoughts or memories about it, and we did get one, which um, is from at Knox Gods, which no, who is that again? No X Gods. No X God. God. Learn how to be hardcore, you fucking. Bryce, just kidding. I'm kidding. No fucking. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, said he, the only response we got to it, but I put it out pretty last minute. So is that Vengeance 2003 was the first pay per view I ever watched live. My parents ordered it for my 13th birthday. And the U.S. title match between Eddie Guerrero and, and Name Redacted was the match that made me fall in love with technical wrestling and made me start looking at other kinds of wrestling. So like, yeah, pretty consistent to anyone who was a fan at the time. So yeah. Like, just, like, there's a reason why I like the wrestling I like still to this day. It's like, mm-hmm. technical was that, wrestling Was that Taker versus um, Brock? Uh, no, it was Taker versus Cena. Mm-hmm. Lesnar versus Angle and Big Show. I just pulled it up. And that's when Zach Gowan was there. Yep. Oh. Yeah, it was a weird time. That's when Brock was like turning heel and going after all the little people. Oh, and that's like, not we... literally little people, but like just people smaller yeah, than Yeah, yeah. And they had that cool, like, this is just really random stuff I'm remembering now cause just because I saw the names. Like, Ultimo Dragon came in at that time. Oh, yeah. They had Tajiri versus Jamie Noble, where Tajiri uh, sprayed the Black Mist, and the Black Mist has a different power than the regular green ones. Is that a blind, blinded, blinded Nidia? Blinded Nidia. Mm-hmm. Fuck, that um, was such a cool, I love that time. Yeah. <laughs> and also, then, Al Wilson was there. Yeah. Then there's like, like you forget how good, like just every single pay-per-view main event, even if it was like, like big show was the first person to pin Brock on like in the WWE and won the title from him. But it was because like Heyman turned on Brock and it's like a way to turn Brock babyface. But like, even those matches are good. Yeah. And then like, you have, um, Taker versus Brock, like those bloody ass fucking like the hell in a cell and the biker chain match mm-hmm. and shit. Those were great. Also, just remembered who um, was also all over SmackDown TV around that time, especially around the Zach Gowan era. You know who I'm talking about. I, she was just a guest. Let's bring her out here. Sable. 
Hello. Sable, uh, what was uh, your thoughts on SmackDown at the time? You were gone for the company I, for years. I can't talk about it because of lawsuits. I, I remember very vividly that you would do your weird dance over Stephanie McMahon. Who? <laughs> uh, Vince's daughter. Oh, yeah, that's right. I like to dance. <laughs> she was my boss. Thank you. That's all I needed. My all husband right. was the champion, but mm-hmm. we weren't. It's when he was stalking me. And eventually, in real life, and eventually, that's what got us to get married. A tale so, as old as time. The true story, y'all. A tale as old as time. <laughs> Rock stalked Sable. Lesnar stalking Sable. <laughs> stalking Sable in real life until convincing her to go out with him. Huh. Sounds like a Disney movie. Yeah, Brock was, especially at that time, not a great dude. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, cool. That's, that's the Smackdown, Smackdown 6. 6. Check it out. Go watch WrestleMania 19. Yeah. Just have a good time. Or just any pay-per-view from that era. It's all real good stuff. All right. I got a piss, so let's close it out. Um, yeah. Piss. Piss. We're not doing the classic? No, I got a piss. Well, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> and I need to rewatch everything I watched three weeks ago it's been, for it's it. It's been a minute. No, <laughs> um, oh, we're sorry. Yeah. Sometimes life happens. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes Derek has to pee, and guess <laughs> guess who also has to pee at this table? Matt. Me. All of us, probably. All right. I'm good. The only thing I want to say is uh, go watch Regional Justice Center this Sunday at Donut Days, Rejection Pact, fucking Ingrown. Uh, check it out. Rock and roll. I won't be there, and I'm kind of sad about it. Um, Actually, I'm real sad about it, but, yeah. you know, life happens. Uh, Thanks for listening. And uh, Russell Boys 316 says that hello boys hello boys here comes the pain